Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo, Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Listen. Welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat. This is IGN's Nintendo Podcast. My name is Philip Mewson, and coming up on Nintendo Voice Chat, we have a big show for you guys today. We actually have a guest here with us, and we have a ton of stuff to talk about. The Video Game Awards happened this past week. We've got some new added content to Zelda, and of course, continuing the amazing trend of Switch releases, we have a slew of new Switch games. But before we get into all of that, I'd love to introduce our panel 
Starting, of course, as always, over here on my right side. Let's go ahead and say hello to Mr. Per Schneider. Well, hello. Am I the special guest? Thank you so you're much. You're not the special guest, but I'm you're so always honored. my special yes. guest. Oh, thank you. Yes. Very, very honored to have so you. So touched. Yeah. No. Great topics. Uh, I'm excited to get to our guest. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Is it Brian Altano? It's not, it's not, no, no, it's I'm here. Not, it's not Mr. Oh, Brian Altano. How hi, are you doing, Brian? Hi, I'm here often, so that's right. this, that's no news. Okay. Uh, well, I did save the best for last, and over here to my far left is Mr. Jules. Hey. Watch him. How's it going, Good man? Hey, hey man. Good. Welcome so to IGN. Going. Thank you very much. So Jules is our new PlayStation editor Woo. at IGN. That true? <laughs> Jules, Jules make, makes games for a living, which yes. is, uh, I, I think, a little, little cooler. Yes, Jules is actually a developer, a video game developer. He's been around for a little bit of time. Uh, sorry, Jules, I'm, I apologize. I'm just going ahead and pulling the reins here and doing your intro. Uh, but you just released a Switch game yesterday i believe it's, uh, it's yes we live in the future yes yeah, yeah. it was yeah, yesterday yeah, yeah. that's right yes, yes. I did. so and <laughs> it's it's a it's a little i remember bit. it yes yeah do you just like it <laughs> yeah. um yeah why don't you go ahead and tell us about it um it's mutant muds collection it is mutant muds collection for the switch which right. is super exciting um it's you know the original mutant muds game gosh came back uh, came out back in 2012 for the 3DS, which was, and that was an exciting kind of golden time for the 3DS. Like the eShop had just come out, um, and we were lucky enough to kind of get a dev kit and jump into, uh, get a game on there. And what was really nice about making that game is it was kind of a passion project we did in our own time. Like we were getting paid to make other games during the day, uh, which we were very happy to do. Um, but at night, we got to make what we wanted to make, you know, so it was super exciting. Um, and it, I, did, I did not know that. I didn't yeah. know you were. A game developer by day, a game developer by night. Yeah, that's, I think you got your <laughs> secret identity screwed up a little I, bit. I, I, I game so much. I think yeah. I always just yeah. assumed that this was like a full, that was, indie game development was like a full-time thing for you. Um, it is. Okay. Yeah, I think it is. See? I, I mean, I like it. I think yeah. I'll stick with it for a little while. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so, um, but yeah, no, it, it's, it's got MUDs on there. It's got Mute MUDs, uh, Super Challenge that came out, uh, last year on the 3DS, Wii U and a bunch of other things. Um, and then we had a third game we wanted to kind of add to it. Um, we didn't, we, we spent a while kind of kicking around some ideas and we landed with Mudblocks, which is, mm-hmm. uh, kind of an adaptation of Bomb Monkey yep. that came out on the 3DS, um, in 2012 as well, I believe. Um, so we took that and mudderized it, um, for the Switch and two player and, leaderboards and rumble and all kinds of fun stuff so, so uh, similar yeah. concept like you have to make chains uh, of blocks of the same color and then you drop a bomb on them and they they just kind mm-hmm. of explode unless they have a lock on them right yeah mm-hmm. it was it was kind of my take on 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 tetris really and i mean that may be kind of hard to see because it's nothing like tetris but i kind of liked to look at a game and deconstruct it and go okay well how how do they make this game like if you right. From the from the building blocks from the beginning, the foundation. How may they have approached that game? Um, so that's what I did with Tetris. Kind of took it apart, and then designed uh, mud blocks here, which is up on the screen, very fancily. Um, and I liked that it had you were using the pieces to help you and hurt you at the same time. They were the same thing, and there was this sense of impending doom always. Like, you're never going to win. <laughs> right. But how far can you get? And it's the fun kind of challenge of, can I get a little bit further than last time? And then I threw into the mix things like those red blocks that destroy an entire row or column. There are locked blocks. Um, but the, the key is to keep the color blocks together so then when you drop the water uh, bomb on top of it, it kind of it destroys all of those colors together. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, it was super fun to make it, and it was a, a fun challenge. So uh, making it modernized for the the 
the Switch release was awesome. It was super fun. We got to add the the facial expressions and the blocks and stuff, which was cool. Right. They look around, up, down, left, and right, and stuff, and they react to what's going on. So no, that's yeah. awesome. So as a game designer, you know, obviously you you think about the the level design and mm-hmm. how everything fits together, right? And then you work. Uh, your your partner does most of the coding, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and then uh, what do you use to draw the the sprites and stuff? Like, how, um, do, you, how do you create all the art? Uh, so it's a program called ProMotion. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a old school kind of pixel program, similar to like back in the day, um, in the Super Nintendo kind of days. I what was to, it? ProMotion. ProMotion. Yeah. ProMotion. Yeah. yeah. There was a, a EA. Weirdly enough, used yeah. to make this paint program back in the day in the nineties called Deluxe Paint or Deluxe Animation. Yeah. Uh-huh. I had was, that. Everyone was using it yeah. on the Amiga. It was on the PC. Everyone used it to make their games. So weird to think now that EA made this and everyone yeah. was using it. To make their games. Anyway, so I, I used that for years. Uh, so promotion is kind of built from that kind of concept. Anyway, so I used that to, to do the pixel art as well as Photoshop, you know, now and then as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, yeah. so there's this really kind of positive and creative side to you. And then there's this absolutely evil <laughs> side that also comes up with the levels for stuff like Super Challenge. Yes. Yeah. Um, do you, do people ever want to punch you or is often? That, I'm yeah. sure. I want to punch myself sometimes, you know, especially when I play that game. I, I, yeah. I have to take a break from it. I mean, it is, it's brutal, yeah. you know, but yeah. that's, that's what I wanted to make. It was very much uh, inspired by, uh, Mario Brothers Lost Levels. Mm-hmm. Which is brutal. Yeah. Um, and I think some people love that. So the concept was, you know, the players just beat, um, just completed playing Mutant Muds and immediately they jump into Super Channel. So they have that, that skill, that ability that they've, they, you know, they've built up that tolerance to the gameplay and then they jump into, to Super Challenge and it's, <laughs> it, it's not messing around from the get go. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hardcore. It has spikes and a drop, jump, hover, shoot immediately is the first thing you have to do. Right. Um, I, I think a, a thing a lot of people learned, probably this audience learned a couple of years ago with the release of Super Mario Maker, um, is that it's, it's easy to make a hard level, mm-hmm. but it's hard to make a hard level that's really good. Like, and that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. You yeah, know, it's, totally. it's like, I think to make, it's really easy to make a cheap hard level, right? Where you're it's just super like, well, easy. let's add a bunch of enemies. Yeah. Let's make the jumps longer than they need to be. Like, let's just, let's make a cheap hard level. Yep. Uh, but I think to make a really well designed, difficult level takes a lot more strategy than just sort of just like upping the amount of things in it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you have to think about, I mean, constantly, you know, even the, the first game and this game, you have to think about what does the player know at this stage? Mm-hmm. What have they done? What have they experienced? How can I build on that um, to kind of up it a little bit more than the last time that yeah. they encountered this situation? Let's add an extra wrinkle to it. And with this game, I mean, MUDS is extremely simple, um, like as far as the player's abilities mm-hmm. um, and what you can do. So it's nice. You kind of have this set of ingredients um, of, of assets that I can use to make a level, whether it be a jump height, jump distance, um, enemy, uh, positioning, um, like right there, that guy on top of that platform above you, it, it's, uh, it's, it's a mean place to be. It is. <laughs> One um, thing I've noticed, like while playing through the game itself, especially with super challenges, everything is so like meticulously and purpose, purposefully placed yeah. Like, yeah. to either make it difficult for you to pass that barrier or to trick you into thinking like you can get through here, but you're going to have to be extra careful. Mm. Um, so it's definitely one of the more challenging games that I've, I've mm. played on Switch right now. Um, and you can definitely see it's sort of how it draws inspiration from games like obviously Mario and, uh-huh. and Mega Man even. So yeah. it's very, yeah. very cool. Well, yeah, it's, and for me, um, 
the weirdly enough, the journey began as far as the creation of the original mods kind of began weirdly enough in the 90s when I first saw a Japanese import of Super Mario World on the Super Nintendo. Mm. Like I was an Amiga person at that time. I worked at a video game magazine in London. Uh, reviewing uh, Amiga games. Um, and, but upstairs, there was a magazine called Mean, mean Machines run by uh, our friend Julian Rignall. Um, <laughs> and he, they had... Jazz. Uh, yeah, jazz. Jazza. <laughs> um, and they had a Super Famicom up there and it had Super Mario World. I'm like, what is that? I'd never seen anything like that. The way it looked, the way it played, the way it sounded. I'm like, my, I was like, wow, that is, I love it. Everything about it, I love it. The whole thing. Um, and that, unbeknownst to me at the time, that really had an impact on me. And, and, you know, I'd always wanted to do my version of that somehow. Like, not, not copy it, not recreate it, but try and create something that had that impact on people. Hopefully, maybe, you know, people who come along and play a platformer. Um, so that's kind of where the journey began for me. So when, like I said, you know, we were making other games during the day and we, we created an opportunity to make our own platform game for the 3DS, I was like, oh. I need to tap into that feeling mm-hmm. that I had all the, you know, 20 years ago, whatever it was. Um, how do I, I do that? And that's where, you know, uh, mute mods began. And I started off with Max, the little character. And sometimes when you sit down and do something creative, it sucks. You do something and you're like, that's garbage. You know, try again. But one of the few times with Max, I sat down and created it and he turned out just like that the first time, which very rarely happens. I'm, I very much iterate on my work. You know, I never, it's never perfect first time. I iterate, iterate, iterate and redo, mm-hmm. redo, redo until it's perfect. But with Max, he turned out basically like that immediately. His pants were a lot shorter. He was a lot more squat. <laughs> so I extended the blackness. So his pants were a bit, a bit longer, but that was about it. I, was I, there, um, is there a reference to Earthbound or anything in there? Like no, the character is just kind of like, I feel like yeah. he could just be in, in Earthbound. He feels like a friend that lives yeah. near yeah. them. I, I must have subconsciously done that, but no. I mean, I I did that, and in the game release, and everyone was like, "Hey, is that so and so from Earthbound?" And I'm like, "I don't know what you're talking about." And mm-hmm. I mean, I was being honest; I wasn't being sarcastic. And then I saw the game, and I'm like, "Oh, I see how that looks exactly like that guy." Right. Um, I think what was interesting about Muds is that it was one of the first um, 2D platformers on 3DS mm-hmm. that used 3D in that way. And I think, I think that's it was the what first on, it on probably, PDS. Yeah, I think it yeah. was the first, right? Yeah. And it we was jump like, in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And that just like, um, I remember being like when I first heard about the sort of like the dream and the vision of the 3DS, I thought about playing 3D games and how cool that would look and playing Mario 64 at launch in 3D. And, you know, mm-hmm. there was a lot of, there was a lot of really interesting ideas happening there. Yeah. But I didn't really connect the dots of how much this would elevate a 2D game until yeah, I played your it? game. Yeah. You know, and seeing like yeah. seeing things pass in the foreground and the mm-hmm. background of a 2d game which we've seen a million times uh but seeing them in 3d mm-hmm. was really stunning yeah. and then once you dug in there you realize like oh this is a really strong competent platforming game uh and i think what took me a while to get used to and i'm still sort of mastering the language of it and many players are is the hover mm-hmm. and like if you're not oh, yeah. if you're listening to the episode and you're not watching our footage um what separates mutant muds from i think a lot of more traditional platforming games is that you have this like little hover mm-hmm. and you would think that makes the game easier but all of the challenge of the game is designed around that mechanic and it makes it so that you are constantly sort of counting the milliseconds managing that yeah Yeah. managing sort of micromanaging your hover because it's really smart you don't realize that you can cancel it you know you you jump in the air you press jump again and then that engages your hover and then that lasts for a few seconds and then you drop right but if you press jump again at any time when you're in the hover it cancels it now you can drop so when you don't realize that at first you're kind of like oh man this is kind of tough but as soon as you realize oh i can cancel it you're like oh now I can land perfectly where I want to. And you're like, oh, man, it opens up everything. Right. Um, yeah, it's uh, 
Yeah, it was crazy awesome. I mean, the time we released it on the uh, 3DS was really exciting. I mean, for me personally, it was it was a huge moment. We um we met. Let me think now. In 2011, E3. I got a meeting with Nintendo to meet them like behind closed doors to present the game. And I'm like freaking out. Like this is, we'd, we'd done DS games like Dementium and Moon and so on. And that was super awesome, mm-hmm. but never worked with Nintendo one-to-one. I never like emailed them directly, you know, mm-hmm. it always through a publisher or whatever. Um, so getting to meet Nintendo at E3 in 2011 to show them the game, I was all, like nervous and stuff and showing it off um, to Dan Edelman, who no longer works there, unfortunately, right. but he was a great uh, yeah, Nindy champion at Nintendo. Um, but yeah, presented the game to them, had like three levels, you know, that's all we had kind of thing, cobbled it together. Um, then got to meet, you know, loads of press and had, you know, made some, um, had some interviews and actually mocked up screenshots of the game for print magazines because we didn't even have any screenshots. We had to fake all that. So it was a really exciting time to kind of get it out there and then to have it then release, um, in 2012 on the eShop. It was one of the few, uh, eShop games on there. Um, sorry, yeah, eShop, eShop games uh, out there. And then Nintendo even included it on their um, ad campaign, their yeah. online ad campaign, right. which had MUDs in it. I'm like, oh, what? Cool. Yeah, it was it's, amazing. It's, it's really cool yeah. seeing that come together. And we're seeing that, that success, and I hope you get to see the same uh, on Switch now because that's been the story of 2017 mm-hmm. um, was that yep. you know there are, there are a lot of awesome games on Switch now, but for the first few months, it was pretty much like Mario Kart, Zelda, a bunch of others mm-hmm. we, we ran through recently. Um, but the eShop specifically, people would watch it like hawks. Mm-hmm. And right now, I think 14 games a week launch on that. Oh, yeah, at least. It's getting, it's getting a little busier over there. It's getting a little crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But um, on the start, yeah. you know, there wasn't nearly as much competition. Mm-hmm. So, yep. um, yeah, it's cool to see. And I think Mutant Muds was there near the launch of the Wii U again? Or the... What was the story yeah, with that? Yeah, pretty close, I think. Yeah. Close. I mean, Dan, again, I think at some show, he's like, hey, you should put this on Wii U. And I'm like, yeah, let's do that. So yeah, I, it's, it feels like when, like, the Nintendo party gets started. Like, yeah. You're one of the first to walk in the field. Yeah. Do you make your money back? Like, with the Wii U, right? The system wasn't a huge success, and I don't know how vibrant the eShop was. You did no, the Wii U work. release was a complete disaster. So that's, <laughs> But that's bad for you guys, right? Like, yeah. you're, you're yeah. such a small team, yeah. right? and it's yeah. not like you're a portfolio company with five <laughs> games coming out every year. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty rough. I mean, you know, ports obviously cost a lot less money. Than, yeah. than the original game. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, MUDs did pretty well on the original 3DS, so that was great. But, you yeah, know, the Wii U one did not do... Do you think that was well. a um, the sort of a situation of the, obviously, way smaller uh, user base? Install base, yeah. Or was it a, a matter of fact of the sort of the saturation, the crossover between yeah. people who had played MUDs already? And I, mean, I guess the Wii U was just an enigma, you know? It's just weird in so many ways. Um, yeah, I mean, it was... Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, <laughs> well, uh, I wish I knew the answer to that question. Yeah, it was it was kind of a strange, a strange thing. Well, now that we have the Switch, and obviously Mud started on the 3DS um, platform, or you know, was on the 3DS. How was it like, uh, or how hard is it to port a game from 3DS over to Switch? It's pretty well. I don't want to use the word easy, but it's it's pretty straightforward. Okay, you know, I'm not a programmer, so I don't have to feel the pain firsthand. Um, but it's it's been pretty straightforward uh, for for us to put over there, which is nice. Um, yeah, no, it's been great. We've we've moved our engine over to it. Um, Muds, we had that running on the Switch pretty quick. Quick. I mean, I would say within a week or two. I mean, from nothing wow. to now, I can play the game and basically beat it. Um, and then, so that was the first stage: is get Muds working on there. And then we're like, all right, now what else are we going to do? You mm. know, then we decided to add. You, you know, started to rumble. And, yes, we did. We did. We <laughs> spent one year on the rumble. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's what. Yeah, exactly. Would have been sooner otherwise. Um, but it was a fun kind of challenge. Like you know, look, let's put muds on the switch, um, and that in and of itself would have been fine, mm-hmm. and we could have released it, and I, I think that would have been okay. 
Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm always kind of paranoid as far as like, does anyone want to buy this again? I'm not right, sure. Yeah. You know, I want to well, make, think, you know, I want to make it sweet what, for the, the player, interesting you know? thing about this platform is I think it's, it has reached so many people yeah. for the first time. I remember when the, um, true. When Naughty Dog ported The Last of Us to PS4, which, you know, probably took a little longer than a week. But also the, the reasoning behind that, we all sat there and said, like, why is this game coming to PS4? We were to right. play it on PS3. Uh, it was like 72% of the audience on PS4 had never played it before. So while, wow. like, hardcore yeah. Nintendo fans who listen to the show week in, week out, they're probably saying, like, oh, I played MUDs already. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a brand new audience out there. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, when Nintendo – or when you port something to a console like Switch, does Nintendo provide sort of a checklist of things you have to do? Because I see, like, there's a lot of things that people tend to miss. Mm-hmm. Indie devs, third parties, they'll be like – Oh, we have to patch in pro controller support or, uh, you know, like it doesn't work in tape mode. Like one of your games mm-hmm. does the, the puzzle right. game on here. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, uh, which is cool. That's, you didn't need to do that. You right. just threw it in there. Um, is, did they, did they make that easier for you or is that sort of just like something? Um, it's down to the developer, really. I mean, you can, I mean, release hot garbage on there, I guess, if you want to. Um, and Nintendo's like, well, I mean, they've kind of stepped back as far as being, the gatekeepers on it's that. It's not like, the old Nintendo exactly. seal of approval. Yeah, thing, back in the day, they were very careful about that, and that's mm-hmm. great. Um, I'm trying to think when it changed. I think in the 3DS era, they literally changed the terminology in their business, which are sign everything new again, where they became agents now, just right. representing games mm-hmm. rather than whatever they were before. Well, and it um, showed, too, because if you pop yeah. into the 3DS eShop, if you do today, in the last few years, um, there's – Tons of garbage on there. It's like, and that's being generous. Like, yeah, there's yeah. just straight up like broken trash yeah. on there. Like, it, they look like weird, like you know, Amazon Kindle store po- ports and stuff. Stuff that just you're just like, why is this here? Who is this for? But, but I mean, I, if you're not playing it, I really don't know who it's for. <laughs> but I think it was the right decision. You know, it's nice to let the floodgates open, let people put their stuff on there, yeah. um, and then it lets those that are really putting the effort in, hopefully lets their game shine, and the shovelware hopefully doesn't go anywhere. But, <laughs> but so on the 3DS, so for you that didn't happen, right? With Chicken Wiggle, you were... Maybe a little late on the platform and like, no, but it, but it's <laughs> a, but it's a good game yeah. on a platform, but it didn't, didn't find an audience right. there. Yeah. And in this case, it wasn't because it was so crowded on that platform. There weren't a lot of titles coming out. It's right. more that the audience had moved on. Well, yeah. I was going to say, I mean, we just said you're there. Nintendo throws a party. You're there at the start. And this was sort of more of a swan song mm-hmm. yeah. or a chicken song. Yeah. It was, oh, um, chicken song. Nice. That's a good title <laughs> for good. a game. It's good stuff. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> um, it's, it, it, it's always hard to know why a game doesn't do well. Right. Yeah. Um, a lo- and there's always a thousand factors to it. And I try to collect the data as much as we can. Um, but they're always, every release and is so different, whether it be the game itself or the timing or the pricing or right. whatever. Um, I think with Chicken Wiggle, one of the main components was, man, as soon as that switch came out, everyone dropped 3DS like it was a yes. bad cold. Yeah. It so, was like, new switch, yay! And yeah. it's funny though, cause I, and I've said this very publicly. Oh, I loved the 3DS so much. I mean, the DS Lite especially was my favorite console period forever. Mm-hmm. And then the 3DS, uh, the smaller new 3DS came out, the white one. Um, and I was like, okay, this is my next new favorite console ever. Um, but man, as soon as the Switch came out, suddenly the 3DS looked really old. Yeah. You know, the, the, I mean, and I, like I say, I love it, but it even like, physically, fast. right? Yeah. Well, and it was, was like, like I feel like, I, I mean, I bought the, the iPhone 
seven plus or whatever a couple of years ago. And then like my wife had an iPhone five or four, the mm-hmm. one that just feels like a postage stamp in comparison. And like, they're both totally fine. They both get the job done, but like holding one, then holding the other, you're kind of like, how did we ever, yeah. how did we ever use this? You know, yeah. I think the 3ds is a little easier to go back to, but mm-hmm. I mean, so when in the design process of chicken wiggle, were you like, this is a, this, we don't want to move this over to switch or we want to put this on, on 3ds. Like, yeah, I mean, was there- that's what's funny and sad at the same time is I was convinced. I was like, man, there are tens of millions of 3DS yeah. owners out there, you know? So doing a game that is like when we first started making Chicken Wiggle, it was supposed to be very small, very tiny, get it done three to six months. It was really kind of like a 2D pushmo. Right. You know, really simple. Let's even do the QR codes, uh, kind of paint the level. Let's just not make it too deep. Really, really simple. Just a few pieces for the player to, to, to use to make their stuff. And then we started doing that and then ideas came and we, we usually, I usually stop that and be like, no, let's stick to the plan and get it out. But that time it felt like, yeah, no, let's let this happen. Let's let this, um, snowball and, and kind of have feature creep and grow out of scope to make it really special. Cause I was convinced that was the right thing to do. Would you call make it feature creep? Feature creep. Yeah. Is that, is that when you have ideas and it just keeps growing and growing? Yeah. It and never growing? ends. Right. Yeah. I mean, a game technically is never finished, but you just yeah. decide to, okay, we just, just release it now. Um, so we, so anyway, we made it, we thought, let's make it really, really special. And then, uh, surely, build <laughs> it and they will come. Put it on the, an audience that has tens of millions of, of people out there. Um, yeah, it didn't work out. Mm. So there was never any point where I'm like, oh my gosh, you must get it to Switch. I mean, yeah, of course, I'd love it on Switch, but I was really convinced it was going to do well on 3DS. And I, well, so wow, I was wrong. When a game launches <laughs> on Switch, uh, it sort of pops to the top of the store on that big grid, right? I check it every, every day or so. And I'm right. like, what's here? What's coming soon? Like, mm-hmm. what's, what yeah. are the demos? It's hard to find everything, right? Yep. But it's pretty simple to just sort of go like, it's, it's kind of broken down. Like these just launched. These are the t- the best selling games, mm-hmm. and these are the games coming soon. Right on 3ds, it gets a little murkier, right? Yeah. So the mm-hmm. way that eShop is designed, um, you could put Chicken Wiggle out, and I might not know unless I yeah. like clicked in through five or six buttons exactly, and then scrolled yeah. all the way down. Mm-hmm. So like, is that a worry too of sort of being like huge. we're at the finish line? Yeah, like, yeah. we need placement here. Oh yeah, it's a huge worry. Yeah, and you can't guarantee that. You know, right. Nintendo won't. Um, you know, guarantee that for anyone. I mean, and rightly so, right? They can't play that game as far as favorites and, and that will promote your stuff. Oh, suddenly some big guys come along. Oh, well, we're going to yeah. bump you out and put them in. They can't play that game. Rightfully so. And I respect that. Um, but for us, it's terrifying because we're right. like, uh, is Pokemon coming out next week? I don't know. Yeah. You know, and that's, so, the, that's <laughs> the gift and the curse of it, right? Like, I mean, you're, you're effectively a rectangle on a grid. And your rectangle is the same size it might as, be a, as way Skyrim, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like Chicken Wiggle and Skyrim yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And then somebody has to make that decision. You know, yeah. Yeah. that's the human condition. You're just a rectangle <laughs> on a grid. That's rectangle it. on a grid. That's all we are. Um, so I'd be interested to hear, like, just from a developer's perspective, do you feel like the 3DS is a platform that's sort of fading out for like indie developers in particular? Uh, do you feel like it's just sort of time to move on now, and the Switch is here, and like this is where mm. people should be releasing? Undoubtedly. Yeah, okay. I have no doubt in my mind that that's a big yes, yeah. Okay. Um, because it's, it's now the big boys platform as far as, you know, whether, well, mainly, mainly Nintendo, but I think if any other big publisher comes along with some big property, Minecraft, um, then awesome. It's going to do great, you know? Um, but any indie thing, it's going to be, um, a real roll of the dice, you know, because whether you get any exposure on the eShop itself, um, yeah. And honestly, I, when we released Chicken Wiggle on the 3DS, um, the people that were really excited about the game, man, I can't even count how many times people said, oh, I wish this was on the Switch. And I'm like, 
I heard it so many yeah. times. I mean, you heard you heard it. You heard it at E3 this year, or every time Nintendo does a direct a presentation of any kind, they're like Mario Party the 100. We're like, cool, Switch, Metroid, yeah. Metroid, cool, Switch. Yeah. Like anything they say, yeah. and it's kind of like. Yeah, you know, I, they have the same mentality that exactly. you have over like yeah. they're like we have tens of millions yeah. of systems out there. Yeah, you know, and I mean now I get it. You know, at the time I was so you know in the trenches making the game. 3ds is awesome, which is great too. Um, and 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 but now I now I get it. I mean, it's delayed reaction because I'm so you know uh, tunnel vision on the game. But now I'm like any game that's announced, I want it on my Switch. So <laughs> you, you know? right. so so now though, so you you focus on the Switch uh, on the uh, 3ds for a while. Um, Looking at kind of the games that are selling on Switch and how it is a little bit more, I mean, it does feel like it's um, aged up a bit, right? The platform is uh-huh, a little bit yeah. uh, probably an older audience. Does that influence your your art and your your games? You, you've you've done more mature games in the uh-huh. past, right? Yeah, like, sure. Dement- Dementium, Dementium, right? uh-huh, yeah, yep. and uh, uh, and Moon as yep, well. Exactly. Yeah. Like, is that a consideration when you're looking at the Switch now yeah. to go to something, yeah, or is it definitely. you're sticking with that kind of 16-bit no. colorful platformer? All of the above. Yeah. I, d- I just love games. I love playing games. I love making games. You know, any genre. Um, you know, we did Dementium. We'd never, even though I helped a little bit on, on the Turok games, um, I'd never made a first-person shooter, especially yeah. not a, or a survival horror mm-hmm. or a DS game. Yeah. So we're like, yeah, let's do it. Um, you know, I like challenge, not only in my games, but in life. I like to face that challenge. You know, if it's difficult, great. That's going to be an interesting journey. <laughs> you know? um, so, yeah. So we did ATV, a racing game. Mutant Muds. We hadn't. I had made a platformer as a designer before. I had done artwork for a game, but I never designed one. As far as the gameplay or the levels, so I was like, "Yeah, I can do that." Yeah. Um. So yeah, no. I think any and all of the above. I'd love to get back to survival horror. I love survival horror. I mean, Doom on the Switch, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Resident Evil. I got that immediately. Um. So. Uh, I think there's a few other ones coming actually as well. Um, yeah, so anyway, it, yeah. yeah, I'd love to get back yeah. into that. Um, but you're not going to buy the Turok license and do a 2D side-scrolling default <laughs> game, yeah? Uh, I think not they today. made the, they made those on like on iPhone or what was was it GBA? GBA, GBA, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, there, yeah. there was a weird era. It was a pretty good little game. Era. Actually. Yeah, yeah, it totally was. Yeah. There was also there was like a side-scrolling um, Tomb Raider game. There's a side-scrolling, mm-hmm. I think, like a Duke uh, Nukem. Assassin's Creed as well. Yeah. Assassin's yeah. Creed. Yeah. And yeah. we just got the Mummy, obviously, also. Oh yeah, yeah, that was good. Too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but now you're not going that direction. No. Um, yes and no. Yes. All of the above. Anything's possible. Right. Yeah, but no, I love 2D. I mean, I think I've been in the 2D kind of side scrolling bucket for a little little while. So I kind of I like to kind of jump out and do something else for a while. I mean, I'd love to make mods too. I'd love to make Super Zero Drifter. I would love to do those things. We're finishing up Treasure Knots now, mm-hmm. um, which will be in 2018 uh, some, at some point. Um, and so that I'm trying to think now before I. If it might say something wrong, but that and one other, we have two more 2D platform games that we're definitely bringing out. Yes. Yeah. So once we're done with that, who's, I'd like to try something. Who's, else. who's gonna get mad? <laughs> Your boss? <laughs> well, that's exciting to hear. I mean, I, I definitely think that um, a lot of people have something very excited, or they have something to be very excited about, and um, the fact that you're you know, working on new stuff is very cool. So Thanks, man. Mutant Muds Deluxe or Mutant Muds Collection is out now for Nintendo Switch on the eShop. So definitely check it out. It's a great game. I've been playing a ton of it uh, over the past week. But we do have some more some more news to get to, some more topics to run through. Uh, there was the Video Game Awards just 
last week or last weekend, I would mm-hmm. say, I guess. And with that came a couple new announcements from Nintendo, some big announcements from Nintendo, right, I would say. But before I get into those announcements, I think it's really important that we just recognize some of these winners of these awards that received awards. Um, for instance, Nintendo took home best handheld game uh, for Metroid Samus Returns, which I think is super, super deserving of that. Um, best strategy game went to Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle, and best family game, of course, Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, do you guys have any quarrels with those wins or anything like that? Nope. I honestly, I'm so well, stoked that... Chicken um, Wiggle obviously should have been best handheld. Chicken and, Wiggle wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. okay. So that's obviously... Uh, I, will, I will say, I was, <laughs> I, was at the, I was at the Game Awards and it was nice because we got to, we all got to dress up in suits and pretend that we were uh, an, a, a real, real adult award show. <laughs> which I love, you know, it's like, yeah. it's cool. It's, and it's, it is good to recognize that and like you're sitting five feet from like Koizumi and Tim Schafer and uh, you know, anybody who's ever like covered games or made games are all there celebrating so it's really cool that said we all sort of like roll our eyes at the best handheld game thing because we were like what does that mean anymore now that switch is here yeah like what is the best handheld game now doom (laughs) 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 it's like literally any game on switch is the best handheld. yeah like mario odyssey is the best breath of the wild i guess like it's it's such a great we wouldn't have that category i don't think so i think this is probably the last it's probably yeah probably the last time we'll see that category in its current form i mean it's you know the the 3ds itself is a dedicated handheld whereas the switch is like it lives in both worlds which is why you know i think that the 3ds totally deserves you know that sort of it, it deserves that to own that genre or that sort of uh, dedicated handheld award, mm-hmm. but you know maybe next year we will see that stay because yeah. you know we do have other platforms like you know Vita still exists on a very very low, very small, level. yeah level. Yeah. Um, but I, I, yeah, it's like I mean this the video games evolve right constantly, and so I think the video game awards should too. Yeah. Uh, already this year we saw categories that we didn't see last year, and I'm hoping next year you know they they kind of comb through it again and flip stuff up a little. For sure, yeah. I mean, voice acting is becoming more and more important, right? Like, there are people putting in really good performances, so it's great to see that lauded. One note on the uh, VGAs and IGN's Game of the Year awards are obviously uh, forthcoming. We posted our our nominees. um, And uh, one challenge that I saw at the VGAs is like Nintendo had Zelda and Mario Odyssey in the same year. Right. Yes. And yeah, they're right. treading on each other's toes. I mean in a major way like any other year people would be like oh my god Super Mario Odyssey <laughs> is this amazing game and like here it gets stuck with the best family game category right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No we so uh, weird. An- yeah. Andrew Goldfarb and I talked to Anuma the, the morning after Zelda won game of the year for the VGAs and we were like congrats on beating the other games and then like also your own game and he was, he was like we finally got that man in red <laughs> like, that's so great like mario and zelda that's were competing hilarious. with each other for, for it, so. it just would have been so weird for the video game awards to happen and for mario to not win something i feel mm-hmm. like because that game is yeah. so deserving yeah. of an award yeah. yeah so maybe it was a situation where they wanted to give you know the award an award to mario and and obviously best family game makes sense for a game like Odyssey. Yeah, at least so. it got honored i actually have a question about awards in general for you um, we used to give, uh, we used to have an award category for indie game. So best mm. indie game. Mm. And then we get to this point, got to this point a few years ago where we said, well, it's kind of an arbitrary selection. Like, tough, yeah. what's yeah. an, what's yeah. an indie? I mean, there's, big there, indies out there. <laughs> there's like, uh, yeah. you know, Borderlands was made yeah. by the independent development studio. Yeah. It's a very big one. Yeah. Right. right. And then you well, had so. games like Inside, which were, uh, or like Limbo, which yeah. were effective. I think Limbo was like, 
co-funded by Microsoft. Yeah. You look at No Man's Sky, one of the largest right? companies in the yeah. world. And and so right. we said, well, yeah. it kind of puts puts indie games into this category, like in. You know, you kind of want to elevate games that don't have multi-million yeah. dollar budgets, but yeah. at the same time, yeah. are you doing the games a disservice? Right. I mean, do you feel like you they should that? be yeah. an indie category or no? I mean, definitely, because you do have such a massive amount of, um, whether it be one, two, three, five uh, team people, mm-hmm. uh, five people teams, um, making these amazing games. Yeah, how do you recognize them, you know, next to Doom and so on like that? Well, but, do, you, do you cut people off if they have too many? I know, exactly. Like, we do like, a you're, you're a regular team. Yeah. team now. Sorry, you have six people. Sorry, you're Sorry, out. Sorry, you're I mean, Yeah, I mean, or you can't really do budget either because that's not really fair or yeah. time it took to make it. That's not fair either. It's, yeah, I don't know how you it's do tough, that. Right? Yeah. It's hard to move the goalposts um, on that one. I, I know I that like we had, we, had the, we had a category for uh, best downloadable game. Yep. And then we got to get rid of that because we were like, <laughs> everything's downloadable. every game is downloadable. <laughs> you're ready to hop on the World Wide Web yeah, and yeah. download a video game, yeah. check out. And like nowadays, it's like, what's a downloadable game? Breath yeah. of the Wild. Yeah. Wins. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> right? I, I By the way, I was, ha- I was happy to see uh, Mario, and, Mario and Rabbits win the yeah. strategy yeah. Uh, yeah. award. Like that to me is like a game that's almost – it feels like an indie game, but it's obviously not. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a big budget, yeah. big license game. That came out of nowhere, right? That game? That's yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's so cool. A lot of people doubted that game, but mm-hmm. I, I remained hopeful for it. Yeah. I mean seriously, Beautiful. I think that – I mean I, I like those types of games. I really like real-time strategy games in particular, and I had no idea that Ubisoft was capable of making such yeah. a fantastic game like that especially with the concept of <laughs> like you know taking the rabbits and then combining him with such a beloved franchise like you know mario it's it's insane to think that they were brave enough to attempt something like that but they did it and it worked and it totally paid off in the end because not only did the game do well itself but it was critically received very well it, you know obviously won best strategy game over XCOM 2 by the way, which is crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Did you know that? So yeah. it's, yeah. you know, well, well done Ubisoft. Well, and visually, it looks like a Nintendo game. I mean, usually yeah. you'll see like a third party Nintendo game, like the sports games or whatever that obviously weren't made by Nintendo. They're made by someone else mm-hmm. and they're not quite, they're like 98% there. They're kind of off. But there's that 2% that's like, eh, imposter game. Yeah. looks yeah. like 3D world. Well, looks amazing. What was looks that? so good. There was like a basketball game in the 2000s that had like yeah, Mario yeah, and yeah. Peach in it and they just looked weird. Hoops, right. I guess. Or yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah. when this game launched, the devs over at, uh, working on XCOM tweeted a picture of them playing it in their lunchroom which i thought that was really cool they had like a projector yeah so it's like there's all you know there's nothing but love between all these guys but yeah that's awesome yeah uh yeah i I watched the whole vgas i uh i i think it's remarkable remarkable what jeff puts on uh jeff keely uh, you know hosts the show but also does all the work behind the scenes it's a multi-million dollar production it's basically what he spends half his year yeah uh, on it it's it's awesome that that this is persisting way Mm -hmm. back from like it started on spike remember on television and tied into game trailers and it's still around in in this format and And we're always happy to carry the stream and and uh, let people watch it's getting better every year it's important to have that Mm -hmm. it's like e3 when that went away for a year or two that was like oh no if this went away it would it would you everyone would feel it you know it's important to have those things just like the oscars and so on even though that one guy doesn't like them apparently Mm -hmm. um (laughs) but uh i cannot wait to work with that man (laughs) i cannot wait i could not believe that That everyone lost it at at him and uh what's his name again of f something isn't it isn't yeah uh, i'm total i'm so stupid i'm totally blanking i'm sorry yeah. um but uh 
uh, we were sitting there being like, no, this is this is a guy that doesn't play by the rules of the video game industry. This guy makes movies like he's an artist and he just yeah. came in and did his thing. And it was like, all right, there, there we go. <laughs> Are you you're looking forward to your drunken moment? on? Oh, man, I would no, no. no. <laughs> well, that's what like, I said. Like the show is growing and evolving. It can't like when you watch the Oscars, if somebody rambles too long, they play a song oh. very loud. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They have a system for that. Yeah. Jeff doesn't have that yet. Yeah. So I think next year he'll probably have the speed up music from Mario. Like that. He was, oh, he that's was, a good one. I'll yeah, give like you the single signal and you cut <laughs> to this. And, oh, my gosh. He was Poor doing Jeff. a good job with um, just, you know, like getting the yeah. show going, moving yeah. it along. I mean, he's totally a professional guy. Yeah. So well done, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Very impressive. Um, but show. yeah, there were three more awards given uh, for uh, best action adventure game, best game direction, and of course, the big one of the night, game of the year. And those go or went to Breath of the Wild, which, of course is a lot of people's favorite game of the little year. Game. So definitely exciting news. But we're going to talk more about Breath of the Wild in a little bit. Before we do, there were some pretty big announcements coming out of the v, uh, the VGAs this year as well. One of them being that Bayonetta 1 and 2 were releasing on Switch. And it's one we could have seen coming. Yeah. Because like it, it, as part of this whole, like, hey, let's try again with games that may not have sold well on the Wii U... Yeah. Bayonetta, it's it's probably fairly easy for them to port this and like re-release it. I thought there was kind of like when they announced it, I'm like, yeah, of course, no brainer to re-release it again. But then <laughs> they yeah. showed a logo. Yes, then Reggie pulled out a one more thing. Like he, they totally pulled an apple and said, no, wait, we got we got one more thing for you guys, and it turned out to be the Bayonetta 3 announcement for Switch, which we got a cool little uh, trailer. I guess you'd call it cool. It's, it's similar to the Metroid Prime 4 trailer <laughs> where we learn a uh, little to nothing, but all get really hyped and excited, which yeah. was really cool. Yeah, I think that's that's all uh, most of us needed to know was that it's coming and it's exclusive to Switch. So do you think so. they ported one and two just to kind of get their hands dirty with the Switch hardware and play oh, around with it yeah. and then at the same time started already yeah. game? Easy money, design. you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah definitely. But it's the audience going. But this is a, to me this is, this is a conundrum. Like Platinum is such a weird company, right? Like the the games they make. And by the way, like I'm sure we'll see wonderful 101 release on the Switch as well. Yep. That's like one of those games that was good but didn't do well enough, so it's going to mm. come back. Well, it's like it's like doing it's like a comedian doing a joke in a small club and then doing it again yep. on like the Colbert <laughs> show, you know? Like, well no one saw it, so But it's it's confounding <laughs> to me because Bayonetta is not a huge seller. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. The character was obviously in Smash Brothers. Yep. Um, she appeared in. A, she's got her own two amiibo. Um, mm. But like, I thought after Bayonetta two, they were done and they would move on in partnership with Nintendo, maybe to something else. But here they are again. Bayonetta I, I, three. It's I really crazy. thought Bayonetta two would be like the hail mary for that franchise. Yep. Um, and I guess it kind of was. Mm. Uh, but it's really weird because I I know it didn't sell well. It yeah. tanked. But Nintendo funded it, and they could probably afford to take the L on that. And instead, we are getting both of those games and the <laughs> third one. Um, and I hope she pops up in Smash Brothers again. It's really weird. We were all in a room, like, clapping, and I kind of, like, turned to my friend, and I was like, hey, it's, it's like, this is just a weird job that we're all really excited. Like, the witch woman with the hair and the gun feet <laughs> is coming back to Nintendo Switch, and we can bring her anywhere to kill dragons. Yep. It's like, this is a weird job. But, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 glad, I'm glad to see it. I saw, once again, the same sort of backlash from, like, hardcore Bayonetta fans who were like, how dare you make this Switch exclusive? <laughs> it's like, well, they're paying for it, you know? Like, <laughs> right. Dinner's at your house, like, if you bought all the groceries. Like, that's just the way it works, you know? Well, Bayonetta 2 was exclusive to the Wii U, but Bayonetta 1 was uh, available on 
yeah. Xbox 360, PS3 yep. and stuff. I mean, it's such a loved franchise. A lot of people love Bayonetta. So it's exciting that Bayonetta 3 is coming to Switch. And it's ex- it's even more so exciting that it's, ex- it's exclusive to Switch, which yeah. means that it's going to be developed, you know, specifically for that platform. It's going to have those features. It's going to run incredibly well on Switch just because of that Taylor alone. Taylor made so. for the Switch. Yeah. yeah. It could yeah. bode well for it. But it's yeah. so unique. It's nice to have something that, that, Bring something unique to the platform. You can't, you know, there's nothing else like it, you know, on the Switch. So it's like, it's awesome. It's perfect. Those yeah. guys don't suck either. I mean, the, the, the stuff they got out of the Wii U graphically, there's, mm-hmm. you know, just running buttery smoothly at 60 with crazy stuff happening in the background. Yeah. Um, I, I'd love to see what else I can do on the Switch, maybe with mm-hmm. one of the neglected Nintendo franchises. You know? mm-hmm. Or one of their canceled we've, games like we've Scalebound. We've seen Star Fox, but, you know. <laughs> Bring Scalebound on Scalebound, it. Just, there you Yeah, go. port whatever you got. Can they rescue that one? Huh? Yeah. So very, very exciting news um, coming out of the VGAs for Bayonetta. But we had some more news that we were all waiting for for quite a long time, and that was regarding the Zelda DLC 2. And we got the big announcement. We got a, a gigantic trailer for the Champions Ballad DLC, um, and then the incredible announcement that it was coming out that same day which i think freaked a lot of us within out. hours yeah, right we're yeah. just super excited eagerly hitting the refresh on our switches eShop to see if it was available to download at least i was another I just, apple thing by the way right yeah, totally. it's out now yeah. they really love and those i just that. yeah i want to i mean like we were all watching it or the people here in the office who were covering the vgas um i was one of them we were hanging out all huddled around watching the trailer happen and it was so, like, I don't know, like, gratifying seeing that all come together. Like, everything we had waited for. Um, you know, this amazing Zelda DLC is coming out. And then to see that it was available now. Like, the second that we saw available now, everybody in the office just jumped up, started <laughs> screaming. And then uh, Mark Medina, who's actually one of our video producers, he was watching it in the back of the office. And his stream was a little faster than ours. So we were watching a delayed stream by, like, five seconds. So all we heard right before we saw the Master Cycle Zero was, oh, you know, like, just and we're like oh, my God, what's going to come up? What's going to come up? And then all of a sudden we just see Link come out yep. with the Master Cycle Zero, which is just the coolest moment. I was so happy Ridiculous. when I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, everybody's switch is turned on. Everybody checked the eShop. And then when it, it did pop up at midnight yeah. or 9, 9 p.m. here, you know, everybody started downloading and the thing couldn't couldn't download fast enough <laughs> right. yeah that was a fun thing to try to download drunk post video game awards on hotel wi-fi oh there you oh, go nintendo handhelds and hotel wi-fi yeah. just like that i don't know it wasn't that i mean i i went to bed and i woke up and it was there oh but, wow did an hour yeah. for me at home yeah. Yeah. yeah but it's really cool and i think it was sort of nintendo ways nintendo's way of being like hey i know many of you are voting on game of the year right now just a little nudge <laughs> just to remind you guys we made this masterpiece earlier the year in march yeah. uh there's a little reminder for you. Have a good night. <laughs> See you soon. So you all play. You haven't been able to play yet, I have right? Not the DLC, yeah, because no. you have a real yeah. job. Um, <laughs> I, fin- I, I finished it. Are you done yet or not yet? I've not done yet. It. Yeah, yeah, I got a chance to finish it. I I really enjoyed it. I obviously a lot of people have been saying, and I totally agree that the very beginning part of it is kind of difficult. It's pretty difficult to get through. But once you do get through the beginning uh, sets of it, it starts to open up and it becomes more sort of like uh, what we're used to from Breath of the Wild, which is a lot of like shrine hunting and mm-hmm. stuff like the, that. 
the difficulty level definitely drops. So if you haven't played it yet, it starts off with, you know, you go back to the very place where you started and you get this weapon that kills enemies in one hit. There's only one catch. Your hearts go down all the way. You can no longer heal yourself. And if you take one hit, you're dead. And that means even if a little bat hits you or you take a little tumble, you're dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then you have to finish these, basically clear these four camps. Uh, and then the rewards, as you keep playing uh, farther, are uh, new shrines, brand new shrines with new challenges, and no cheesy shrines with like a major test of strength repeats. Each shrine is unique and has kind of cool puzzle boxes. There's uh, there's some some crazy contraptions, Rube Goldberg machines that you got to figure out. And like I love that stuff. Yeah. All the shrines were so creative. They're Recycled boss battles, I was less, um, less crazy about, but it does end on a high note. And of mm-hmm. course you, you unlock, as they showed in the trailer, the master cycle zero, which is just completely insane. Mm-hmm. So I also, I didn't realize there was a Korok waiting behind you at the beginning of that game. I never noticed that when I went back to get that one hit weapon or whatever I, it is. I it found a, that one. Yeah. But yeah. now, now that you have the motorbike, you can traverse the landscape really fast. And by the way, you have oh, to awesome. feed it. You have to put fuel in the thing. Yeah. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. So like you feed it in the same way you, um, I mean, what else? Cook. Same way you cook. Yeah. So like I was running low on gas and I grabbed like a bunch of coconuts and just walked up to it and just like yeah. dumped it into the seat. And I'm like, <laughs> it's like Mr. Fusion so in Back yeah. to the Future too. Yeah. Exactly. Very yeah. eco-friendly. Yes. But, um, but now that you have the motorbike, you can, you can don the, uh, you know, the, the mask and, and find all, uh, all the hidden stuff pretty I know. easily. Like I was driving like around like a crazy person. And I was like, you get that <laughs> little, that little chime and, uh, you stop. And, That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's such, it was a great reminder that Breath of the Wild is a fantastic game and what the DLC did really d- did well was um, make you use each one of the powers that you had gained. Like each each puzzle really utilized either, you know, your ability to place ice blocks or stasis something and uh, I love that. The only bummer is it was not integrated into the story. I somehow in my mind I thought, you know, a courier arrives with a letter saying, Princess Zelda needs you at the castle or something. And then you embark uh, on this quest and find a different corner of the lands that you hadn't explored. And it's not like that. Mm-hmm. It's more like here are a bunch of challenges starting with difficult getting easier, honestly. Yeah. And then giving you cutscenes and story elements as a reward that don't really impact the overall story but flesh out the champion's characters. And the cutscenes are awesome. They're really good. But yeah I, yeah, I was more hoping for like more like The Witcher or something like an additional, like an add on to the story that expands. I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah. yeah, I think a lot of people wanted just more um, to the story itself, but it's also nice to have just more content to come to and yeah. and play, you know, Breath of the Wild in or to have a reason to come back and play Breath of the Wild, um, which I think is really exciting that Nintendo is like continuing to support games in the future like this like we saw recent content updates with splatoon we saw recent content updates with um arms as well and obviously this was a paid one those others were free but still we're just seeing um, a newer nintendo here that's adding content to their games and they're doing it right like this is a great way to put dlc i feel like in in a zelda game so and that's something that we've never seen before so it's very very cool definitely i mean i felt that way when i finished wind waker i was mm-hmm. like oh my gosh i love this game i just want more yeah, yeah. No, i don't need a sequel just give me more of this yep yep um, so it's wonderful they're in a position where they're doing that now yeah, yeah it's really wind cool. waker switch would be pretty cool uh, I wouldn't yeah. say no to that. I mean, while you're porting games from the yeah. Switch, from the Wii, Wii U era, yeah. sure. I feel like that's so recent, right? That that re-release, yeah. but they did it with Mario Kart. Obviously, they brought yeah. that out on right. Switch Fast. I just think Skyward Sword is next. 
Because well, the Switch can actually do it. With, I think they brought Mario through, Kart through. because there's no Mario Kart. With yeah. with with uh, Breath of the Wild competing with everybody else's attention yeah. in yeah. terms of the Zelda conversation. Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how many of you have actually gone back to the older Zeldas. I imagine they still hold up really well. But I also imagine that you're going to be like, why can't I climb that wall? <laughs> it it is know? weird it's going true. back for sure. It's a milestone. Yeah. I uh, I went and saw the uh, Symphony of the Goddesses, the Zelda concert. Oh, cool! That's touring, yeah, mm-hmm. and they have um, you know they they play music from from all the big games, and it's kind of funny like seeing they did as an encore they did uh, the Ballad of the Windfish from Link's Awakening. Really? Oh, yeah. Awesome. Oh, that's awesome. And like my kids. Uh, my boys, my daughter played it. My boys hadn't played it, and they're like, "What the hell is this yeah. game? Why is there a whale, a rainbow whale with wings?" I'm like, "Oh, you explain. don't even know the half of it." I played that game a hundred yeah. times. It's hard to explain. But it's awakening your, f- oh, your yeah. favorite. Yep. Oh, hands down. Mine too. Really? Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. Love that game. Yes. This is oh the first God, time yeah. you've met mm-hmm. a true friend. Yeah, love that true. game. That's but great. it's like you, they show a lot of the footage, and the music was beautiful. It's an amazing concert series if you can see it. And they played uh, two movements from uh, Breath of the Wild as well. They did as an encore. They did the Goron City mix, right? With like all the and all the crazy drums and everything, um, with an orchestra and 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 a choir. So I've never been like I've never wanted to do one of those things. I've always like passed through and I've been like, no, I'm good. But at the Game Awards, they had a full orchestra and they played a couple songs from Breath of the Wild, especially like when they won. Yeah, and I, I all of a sudden I was like, oh, this is powerful. Like, so this is really cool. So they sync it to the visual. So they have a montage of like Ocarina of Time and like when Link hits something, the choir goes, whoa! Oh, and that's stuff. Cool. Like it's so good. It's oh, really well done. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Like super wow. awesome production. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but you cool. see all these old games and yes, it struck me as, yeah, you can't, Link can't climb that tiny fence. <laughs> well, in Majora's yeah, Mask, right. you know? So like, exactly. I mean, Link's Awakening is my favorite Zelda. Do you know you have to go into the sub menu every single time oh. you want to switch an item out or mm-hmm. do anything? Yep. And, uh, one of those items is jump. Yep. So like to jump the in that game, boot. you have to go choose jump and mm-hmm. then, and it's just like, there's a lot, you just hit start constantly. Man. Yeah. I hope they patch that someday. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, since we're still talking about Zelda stuff, uh, we might as well Whatever. jump over to our question block, which is completely Zelda-related. This week's question comes from William from the UK uh, over at our email, nvc at IGN.com. I know him. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, William asks, with the recent Zelda DLC, do you think we have seen the end of major Breath of the Wild updates? I can only... I can see more little additions like Xenoblade content, but do you think the developers have now almost completely moved their focus to the next project? Would you personally like to see more DLC? Thanks, William. Um, yes, I would love to see more DLC. I think it all depends on how adoption was for this first content pack, right? right? Like it's such a big game. You can imagine they can still iterate and release new quests and, you know, like looking at the, it almost seemed effortless when they added all these new shrines and all these new puzzles. And you're like sitting there, you're like, are you not out of ideas? Yeah. With like these, these elements, like why can you keep going? And so <laughs> I think they just, they can. Yeah. You know, they obviously have a huge team too. Mm-hmm. It's much I, more cost effective to do that, you know, oh, yeah. reinventing the wheel. Yeah. I, I got, I got to think there's something more coming. Yeah, honestly, for me, like, they built such a beautiful world with that engine, and there's so much of it that I personally have yet to see. Like, I haven't explored all of it, and so I think that they could definitely add even, like, a DLC pack three or four um, that fills it out a little bit and adds more content, like, actual story-driven, like, more focused on building out the story or maybe even a separate storyline uh, would be really cool because there's just so many opportunities, so many different things that they could add to that world 
world to a keep monster going. truck. Yeah, or like a <laughs> Kraken or something crazy yeah. like that. Sure, yeah. yeah. Put some like you know Wind Waker stuff in there. It'd be cool to see. I agree. That. I agree. Yeah. Um. I mean, uh, Andrew Goldfarb and I did the interview with Anuma in L.A. the other day, and like we asked him this specifically. We're gonna put that story up soon. Um. But I will say personally, like. I would love to see more of it because it is such a strong foundation and I know that it's going to be a very long time until we get another Zelda game like this. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking like years. Yeah. Like I, I would say it would be three to five years at the earliest before we see anything even remotely close to Breath of the Wild scale. And I think even then, um, I think it'll be two years. I think two years? In 2019 Christmas, you'll get a sequel using that same engine. You think 2019, 2019. we're going to get a sequel to Breath of the Wild? Yeah. That's- you're I out of your mind. <laughs> no way. What? I mean, I, look, I would I love it. Uh, I, th- I think it'll be soon. It won't be five years. Yeah. I, th- I think 2019 is pushing it. Maybe 2020 in March. 2020. 2020 yeah. makes sense. Uh, no, because I, they have this great engine and this great physics system and everything set up. And like, as you heard in some of the interviews, they played around with hook shots, even dual hook shots. Like that was our interview, around, yeah. Yeah, getting around Spider-Man style. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like you can use a, the foundation and riff on that original yeah. engine, and they have a huge team. Yeah, they had, that. they had apparently experimented with dual hook shots. I asked them about flying machines, about how the audience has sort of latched on to – I don't know if you've seen the videos of people like kit bashing things in that game. Oh, yeah. It's and amazing. They, they basically yeah. use Magnesis inside of like a rusted old like horse cart. Yep. And they're just flying through yeah. the sky. Yeah. And they were like, well, flying was like the one thing we did, we wanted you to think about that you couldn't do, you know, it yeah. was just out of reach. And so it, it sort of makes climbing more mm-hmm. impacting, you know, like to sort of to scale a build, a uh, scale a wall in that game yeah. is huge that when you get to the tallest thing in the entire game. And if you just flew up there or d- dual hook shot it up there, it would kind of lessen that a little bit. So, yeah. but I think that they have, they have a foundation, they have a world. I think we'll see more stuff added to it. And I think it will be goofy. I think like this is their time to get like kind of nonsensical. Like in the same way we saw that Monster Hunter trailer where there were just like Mega Man's in it now. I think you'll start to see like Mario stuff. You'll start to see, uh, stuff from other Zelda games, mm-hmm. like, you know, or maybe some more like, like, like you said with the stuff they added recently for Xenoquest or Xenogears. Xenoblade. Xenoblade. <laughs> One of those names. It would be I'm so tired. I mean, yeah. with that engine, it'd be amazing because, I mean, Breath of the Wild is incredible, of course. But when you go back to um, Ocarina and, and Majora's, they're great and they're yeah. unique. So if you did that style of game in this engine, in this world, that'd be great. Yeah. The dungeons, the classic Zelda, but with the abilities of Link in this world would Man. be like, whoa. Yeah. Like the dungeons you could come up with with that ability would be amazing. You know? Majora was already the the kind of game B to Ocarina of Time. They said, we're going to reuse most mm-hmm. of the assets. It has the same right. characters, but in a mm-hmm. kind of like a Alice in Wonderland, different cast kind of um, setup, right? That was, I think, the fastest that they were able to turn around another 3D Zelda game by, by reusing assets. Yeah, and that's the best case scenario yeah. for a sequel here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is the sort of Majora's Breath or Mask. Yeah, Haunted Hyrule. Yeah. It's like different enemies. Yeah. and Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I like that. I, but I wouldn't like it if it was the exact same map. I agree. Because exploration of the map right. was such a huge game yep. uh, deal. Unless it's flooded. If it's underwater <laughs> and we got a ship. Just flooded. And the whole country is underneath. Good. That's Water fine. world. Yeah. yeah. Then we get to uh, re-explore. Yeah. Find the gasoline. <laughs> there are so many different things they could do with just adding more content to Zelda. I yep. mean, I just hope that if we don't get new content for this Zelda, I hope we get another Zelda soon. Definitely mm-hmm. sooner than five years. 
Um, but we'll see. We'll, we will definitely see. So thank you very much, William. Um, that question, you guys, if you guys have any questions, you can definitely reach us at the email nvc at ign.com or any of our Facebook groups, which we only have one. So <laughs> make sure you check out that one Facebook group. The others are imposters. Uh, yes. Well, there's, there's the main group and then there's the, uh, the, this, the forums. Oh, right? yeah. The Facebook forums. Facebook so forums. This is the official one that just lets you know when the new episode is up. Right. It's, mm-hmm. it's boring, but. Yeah, that's a good, works, good pitch, though. right? Great it, pitch. It works. What I've done is incredibly important. It works. It's like a Facebook group RSS feed, basically. It just lets you know when the latest episode is up. Sounds thrilling. It's, it's just amazing. Yeah. I think the main group's better. <laughs> yeah. no, or you can reach us. You can reach us on Twitter as well. But um, before we wrap up the show, I did want to just run over some quick highlights uh, from the news. Party crash results from ARMS. Uh, if you guys are following that at all, it was Ninjara versus Minmin. Minmin, excuse me, this week. Ninjara took home the medal. It was 58% for Ninjara versus Min Min, who got 42%. So definitely make sure you're participating in party crash mode in ARMS. If you still play ARMS, which you should be because it's still a good game, I am starting to get back into it. I played a little bit of it yesterday, and I can confirm it's still fun. Um, and then the next thing is the that new Clam Blitz mode has been released finally, which is the second part to the big winter holiday update. Um, and I played a lot of this yesterday with Lily, which was really, really fun. I think that this mode might actually bring me back personally Ooh. to Splatoon. Yeah. Now, I took a really long vacation from Splatoon, mm-hmm. uh, like I want to say right around September, and it came out in July. So it was pretty, pretty big turnaround for me. But after playing like four or five matches of Clam Blitz, I really enjoyed myself. Now, the whole premise of this, uh, I know we talked about it a lot Uh, earlier on an earlier episode but you're going around collecting clams and once you get 10 clams uh your 10 clams turn into a football that you then have to basically throw and score and if you if you're watching our video podcast you can see the goal right there is that big green ball and it has a barrier on it so like you have to throw the ball once to break the barrier pick it up and then throw it again to score and it's it's very difficult but it's a lot of fun so definitely definitely check it out if you're a splatoon fan and it's been a while since you've played if if it's been a while since you've played i highly recommend going back in for that as well but it makes, makes perfect sense you know collecting yeah. 10 clams making a football and then making mm-hmm. something explode it's just yeah i mean league rules yeah, yeah that's just yeah, how totally works, right? that's i mean that's what i learned <laughs> that's what clams do when you don't that's watch true. them they, uh, they really they get that's together where come from football. Make, that's right <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, that's our show this week. Thank you very much for watching, listening. We are a weekly show on IGN, but uh, you can also find us on YouTube and also any of your favorite podcasting services as well. So definitely make sure you're subscribed. We post every single week. And uh, thank you all very much for joining me. Thank you very much, Jules, Thanks, for joining man. us. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, it. Absolute pleasure having you. Mm-hmm. And to all of you out there, may the force be with you. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. 
That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.